everyone, and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters. Uh, thank you so much for watching or listening to us today. Um, Joe is cracking up here and laughing is contagious, so it's it's nice. All right. <laughs> Anyways, my name is Bruce Johnson, and I am joined here in the wonderful state of South Dakota by Weatherman Joe. Hello. And my awesome brother, Jacob Johnson. In Hello. back home in Pennsylvania. And uh, don't forget, you can go to our website, which is trdshow.net, to see a list of links to all of the platforms that we are on, both <clears throat> audio and video platforms. So if you're looking for free speech alternatives, pro-First Amendment platforms like Odyssey, Rumble, and Gab, you can find links to all of those platforms on our website. <clears throat> Don't forget, you can also email this show at trdshow at protonmail.com, and there's where you can send all of your questions and suggestions, and any information you want to share with us can be shared um, at that email address. If you're interested in hearing us do deep dives into some of the current events that we talked about on the show, you're going to have to follow us on our pro first amendment platforms such as gab gab tv rumble and odyssey because we're not going to be posting those on any platforms that could censor us and that hate free speech not naming names <coughs> youtube <laughs> um so we have a brand new theme this month very, no way very, yes very exciting fresh off the press um something we've wanted to do um since the formation of the show and this was actually kind of a pet peeve of mine i, I love this particular theme so i'm very excited about this month the theme this month is discovering and using our god-given gifts discovering and using our god-given gifts and so naturally to match our new theme we had to have a new piece of literature for the month so last month was knowing god by j.i packer and last month we were talking all about devotion to god above all else and you can look at all i think five episodes where we talked about that Lots of great information there. Um, but this month, our book is Finding a Job You Can Love by Ralph Madsen. And so um, if you're watching us, you'll see our new book is here. Jacob has his there. There it is. And uh, so that's the that's the new book that we are reading. We also posted that on our Gab page last week. So if you were following us, you got a sneak peek into what we are going to be doing on the show. Um, we're also drinking our coffee today, so we've all got our, uh, we've got our, got our mugs from our, some of our favorite shows, so you'll see us drinking some, we, we decided collectively today is going to be our, it's a good, it's a good day for coffee, so just sipping on that, so. All right, so today, a uh, bit of a breakdown of what the show is going to look like. First, we're going to start off by talking about the current events of the week. A lot of stuff happened this week. Um, and so we're going to break some of those main headlines down, and that's going to help us also start breaking down some other very interesting topics we want to get into. Um, after that, we are then going to talk about the literature of the month, which, as I just mentioned, was Finding a Job You Can Love by Ralph Madsen. And we have a few questions and answers from each of us about the chapters. We read chapters one and two, and we're going to be discussing those during that segment. But before we can get to any of that, we have to talk about the verse of the week. <clears throat> ooh. So, yes, ooh. So the verse this week, and again, we try to tie our verses into the theme of the month. Um, and so the, the verse this week is 1 Corinthians 12, 5, and 6. And it says, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. <clears throat> 
There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And again, that's 1 Corinthians 12, 5, and 6. Um, and so, obviously, I think the, the correlation to our theme in, in this particular verse is, is very plain and obvious. You know, there are different kinds of service. Um, and, you know, God has given each of us different ways of accomplishing those kinds of work, those kinds of services. But in all of them, it should be our goal to glorify God through our work. And so we're going to be talking about that a lot this month. Ralph Matson covers that very well in his book. And we're going to be setting that up really well in that literature segment. But before we move on, did you guys have anything that you wanted to add to that um, about the verse of the month? Actually, <clears throat> I do. Oh. Go ahead. No, or, I, was, I was just going to say that that verse is uh, very applicable to our theme. Mm. So I like that choice. Nice. Something that came to my mind was how everybody does something differently, I think is kind of what you were saying. Well, but something came to my mind is a clock, a clock mm. or a watch. How all the gears are very different, positioned in different ways, but yet they all are able to make the clock face oh, rhyme. Oh, yes, yes. Man, that's great. That's right. a really good illustration. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, all members of the same body. Yep. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Joe is stealing my spot as the illustration master. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh. analogies. <laughs> yeah, they make things yeah. very easy to understand, and it helps you remember them, too. Indeed. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, let's move into our current events breakdown. And um, Jake, you want to kick it off this week? Like sure. always? <laughs> yep. All right. That's Jake's so, permanent like I, spot. It's <laughs> kicking him off every yeah. week. Yeah. Start with And fire. like I uh, did <laughs> last week, I'm going to read off the headline, and then I'm going to have you and Joe, both you and, yeah, Ooh, both you and Joe, surprise. Um, give your genuine reaction to it. Ooh. All right. So here's the headline. Texas heartbeat law takes effect. Abortion after six weeks are now illegal after SCOTUS ignores emergency requests to block law. Nice. That, that's amazing. That is very exciting to hear. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm really glad to, to hear that, that that's finally happened. <laughs> I think um, it, I, I, I would love to, I would love to know what it's like before six weeks. Right now, now I, I think there's some clause um, where if it like you, you can't, it, it's hard to. I think it's like it's hard to know whether or not you're pregnant. You don't really start to notice until six weeks or close to six. I, it's something like that. So you you're not really going to be looking or taking a pregnancy test or anything like that. So the chance of you getting an abortion at that point is is slim. Um, right. But I'd love to know the reasoning behind why they stopped there. Like, why is six weeks the cutoff and not just completely get rid of it? Like, why, why is it okay, at, you know, before six weeks but not after? So, I love it. Great progress. Super, super excited. Um, I hope more states adopt this and, mm. and then some and, and take it farther and just ban them and declare it as murder, which it is. I, yeah. I tend to think the reason why they started are stop that the six-week mark and not go full out completely illegal like 
Bruce was saying is, well, they're making baby steps. Hmm. And hmm. baby steps is how to make progress and end with progress. I mean, you can't make, you can't start crawling and then all of a sudden start running. Hmm. As another <clears throat> baby illustration. Yeah. But um, I tend to think that going from, I don't remember what the last part was till six weeks. And I'd hope I like to see it go even further and see a lot of states take this. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like our good state of South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think yeah. it's um, South Dakota that's down to what? Is it just one Planned Parenthood abortion I think mill? So. Um, and that's in Sioux Falls. Yeah. Yeah. Sioux Falls. <laughs> um, so that's to be expected, I suppose. <laughs> but um, but that that's it's really encouraging to see so many states and i think there's even a chart out that shows the quote-unquote neutral which they're not neutral if they're not taking a stand against it then they are for it but the neutral states if you want to call them that and then there's like three different phases right you're either anti-abortion you're actively pushing laws against it you have laws in the book that specifically ban it or at least different types of it then you have laws on the books that actually uh, help and support it and protect it. And of course, what do you think? The top of that, California, New York, Washington state. And then you've got the quote unquote, you know, neutral states that are just not really involved. They don't have laws really in one way or the other. Um, but as Christians, we know you can't serve two masters. So they are for it. If they're not against it, if they're not fighting murder, then you're condoning it. So, mm -hmm. but it is yeah. cool to see the list of anti-abortion states starting to grow. So that's very encouraging. One state at a yep. time. Yep. So, yeah, there are a couple things that I would like to first point out with this is that I've heard from multiple different places that this law is um, <clears throat> not something that Texas itself can enforce. But the wording of it is um, where now it opens itself up to lawsuits. <clears throat> so anybody that gets an abortion after six weeks, someone can bring a charge against them. Wow. Really? But <clears throat> the, the actual oh. Texas itself cannot enforce it. Does that go hand in hand with the whole um, article that I read? Uh, was this three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago? that talked about how the transgendered surgery is now child abuse. And if you think someone is considering that for their children, then you, they need to be reported or they need to be, you know, they can be sued. Um, does that go hand in hand with that or same sort of I deal? I don't know exactly, but um, okay. I do know that again, this is information that was brought to me um, <clears throat> like just a little bit a little while ago it wasn't it wasn't something i could really do a lot of research on and that i didn't have the time to really look into i just thought i would mention that because that was something that i heard mm. um but yeah I, i've also heard that uh chief justice roberts uh, said that, <laughs> right right said that this law is unconstitutional yep even though the Supreme Court did not take this case. Mm. Wow. So I'm like... He's offering his opinion right. and not, yeah. like there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, interesting. Right, right. Interesting. 
So if you, if you think it's unconstitutional, why didn't you take it into the Supreme Court? Right. Well, I, I'm sure he probably voted for it and voted for sure. because it, yeah. it, the vote was finally um, or was it something where it was let go for like a week? It wasn't voted on by the Supreme Court. And then that's why Texas was then allowed to do it. Um, yeah. Or it was held off, and the Supreme Court just didn't get involved. I think is that is that the way it, it worked out? Right, um, right. So the <laughs> actually in this headline it says um, abortions after six weeks are now illegal after <clears throat> SCOTUS ignores the emergency mm. request. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. yeah I, w- I wasn't following this particular law very closely up until this point. Um, obviously, very excited about it now, but. Um, Right. I guess a lot of people had been following this previously. So when I looked this up um, earlier this week, a lot of things people were saying was, finally, you know, Supreme Court ignored it, you know, all this kind of stuff. We weren't sure if they're going to ignore it. Or even past articles were like, it's being sent to the Supreme Court today. We'll see what they say. You know, it was it was language like that. And then now seeing it from this perspective, it's like, oh, wow, okay. So this has kind of been something that's been brewing for a little while, I think maybe a month or two, maybe longer than that. I, I my time frame is way off on this. Like I said, I wasn't really following it, and I just casually glanced at some of the other articles related to it. But um, it looked like it was something that had been brewing for a while, gathering excitement, momentum, and then finally the Supreme Court just backed off, didn't even take it, and boom, Texas was allowed right. to go forward with yeah. it. So very cool. So the, the, the very good thing about this is that now um, other states that want to put this law ahead or put this law in uh, they will be able to, and now the I don't know if the Supreme Court will go after any other laws that other states will try and put in, hmm. but it looks <clears throat> like after after Texas, um, <clears throat> the it wouldn't seem right, or it it would seem odd for the Supreme Court to go after any other laws, um, but. One of the things that made the Supreme Court not go for this case was that um, because of that wording that now it opens itself up to lawsuits Mm. not actually enforceable by the government. So that's why this was allowed to go through. And that, that that was another thing that like this is, like Joe was saying, baby steps. This yep. is slowly yep. something we're working <clears throat> towards. Um, but this is a big step to Huge remove step. all abortion in all 50 states. Yep. This law is, uh, well, this law is now going to allow uh, for other states to also do this. Nice. Oh, so right. Because it said precedent. Yep. Right. Right. And so um, there is an actual court case that I was going to go over, but I didn't have much time to (laughs) do that. Yeah. But um, the there are a lot of laws that tried to. Sorry, there are a lot of court cases that tried to go through Mm. and uh, in order to combat this law, but they they just didn't work out. So, Mm. okay, Yeah. Well, that's good. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited for for this um, you know anti-abortion movement in general. It, it it seems like rather than the anti-abortionists being in the minority, 
uh, it certainly almost seems like we're evenly split or even leaning more towards us, um, which is very right. exciting to right. see across the nation. Um, and there's even an event going on here in South Dakota, September 17th, I think it is. Nice. Um, and that's at um, the abortion. Um, oh, I forget the uh, anti-abortion center or the, the pregnancy center here in, in around um, South Dakota in, the, in this area, which is cool. So looking forward to that event as well. So, yeah, it seems like all over the place there's, abor- you know, uh, pregnancy centers popping up, um, anti-abortion rallies. So very exciting to see the momentum. Hope yeah. It continues. And actually that uh, there is another law going through <clears throat> in uh, Mississippi that is mm. much like this law and will basically ban abor- abortion. Wow. The only difference is the one here in Texas is six weeks, whereas the one in Mississippi is 15 weeks. Okay. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. But um, I wanted to ask, uh, Christy Nome said something about her looking into this law mm-hmm. um, and looking to do it here in South Dakota. Do you know anything about that, Joe? I don't know. Okay. I heard about it last right. night, but oh, yep. I I um I remain dubious in terms of Christy Nome. I mean, last yeah. year I was a big fan. Earlier this year I was a big fan, and now it's twice now this year alone in the past what three months that she's let us down and done some not great things, and who knows how many more that we just that haven't become public um, things that we're aware of but yeah the uh lassiters have been uh, not you know have been dubious of of gnome for a while a lot of the local conservatives in south dakota are dubious of of, of christy gnome and i'm starting to see it myself um you know she went after um matt uh walsh i think it was matt yeah. walsh she went after and pretended like he was misogynist um and then she went after uh well she she failed in terms of the transgender bill um, that she said that that would have prevented it, but she did a whole, what was it, title and form or something like that. Um, I forget what, what the clause was, but she took it back and, you know, basically vetoed it, essentially. Um, so it, it's just she's she's failed too many times now, and I'm starting to see that she's more of a politician than uh, than, you know, someone who's actually yeah and joe's over there super excited he's like yes you've seen the light um but uh yeah i was i was really excited earlier this year and last year for christy gnome like yay she seems like an interesting governor she's standing strong on covid which she did but uh, turns out she did it for political reasons she her motivations are not pure she seems like it she talks a big game she's bill barr all over again so it's it's really sad to see All right. Well, was that it uh, in regards to that news, Jake? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, we are going to th- thank you very much, by the way, for bringing that up and, and breaking that down and opening up a forum <laughs> opportunity for that. It <laughs> was good to discuss. Very exciting news. Um, all right. We're going to move over to Weatherman Joe, who is going to earn his title officially today. <laughs> so yes. take it away, Joe. Second week of weather. <laughs> weather or not. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, Hurricane Ida has struck Louisiana, and it has came with about 150 miles per hour wind. Wow. 
It's been, it's a lot. Wow. We've had um, Civil Air Patrol has been called out to come and help them uh, with the cleanup and help them with um, trying to get things back cleaned up and get back to how it was originally so they can live in there again but and that was Mm. us as in south dakota has been um requested with to come out and help Mm. and south dakota from louisiana to south dakota that's pretty big yeah (laughs) a jump so there it obviously was a pretty bagged hit Mm. wow next thing i have on my list is california is still on fire Oh, for real? That's <laughs> serious. I, I was looking at the map earlier today, and I'm like, I'm surprised it's not halfway burnt up already because <laughs> it looks like on the map, it looks like it's got you the know, entire at, half of it. At this point, it. it's hard to ignore this fire as judgment from God at this point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't seen the brimstone yet. Uh, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's waiting for the um, fire to come down from above and completely wipe it out, but... But Ugh, the wow. map I was looking, it, it looks like it's halfway covered in, wow. in fire flames, wow. um, key symbols. So Man, the craziest thing about that was when Trump was in office, and I think both of you know where I'm going with this, <laughs> while I was not always a huge Trump fan or um, didn't even really follow him that closely until recently, but, um, you know, when the fires were going on, I think even last year, he was like, hey this is happening because you didn't take care of your forests because you just left them be what did god tell us to do he told us to take dominion to be good stewards of the earth what did californians believe they wanted to do the exact opposite of that because it came from the bible they said no nah, we're gonna let the forests do their thing we're gonna leave them alone what and under what happens when you don't take care of a forest branches fall underbrush crops up Lots of dead branches, lots of dry brush, and that's what they're experiencing right now. And the craziest thing was when Trump said this last year, he was like, we got to, we got to, you guys got to take care of your forests. You got to clean up the brush. You got to actually maintain this. This is what happens when you don't maintain it. And everyone called him crazy. They were like, oh, you don't know anything. Why are you talking about this? You're, oh, you're just the president. You shouldn't talk about this. Um, He was like, all right. You know, he backed off. And then after he was out of office and our new pretend president, um, Dementia Joe, stepped in, um, or at least the people just shoved him in there, you know, shoved him in front of the podium. All right, I'm done. Um, after he, tripping? Yeah, after tripping a few times, you know, <laughs> cropped him up, propped him up a little, like, oh, stay there, Joe, just talk a little longer. Um, <laughs> after they did all that, a lot of work, um, the people were then like, Man, we got to take care of these forests. Uh, you guys in California, you got to take care of your underbrush. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly the same things Trump had been saying last year. <laughs> it's just like, wow. But anyways, I, I wanted to mention that. It's crazy. Thought anyway, so yeah. So it, it's amazing to see how there's a lot of fires currently still, still going on in California. And that has put South Dakota, part of the South Dakota state, on a, a severe um, weather, uh, possibility for having fires. Mm. It also doesn't help that we have a big drought right now as well. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. So is there an alert in South Dakota for fires? or We are uh, on stage. We're on the a stage of we are high high risk of getting oh, fires. 
All right, I'm staying indoors. Um, <laughs> just going to have some water around me, you know, make a little trough, maybe a moat. Anybody got any alligators? <laughs> They're great for moats, I hear. They are, they are. All right. It helps protect why your alligators? house. Why alligators? How do alligators help? I don't know. I mean, you can't just have a moat without alligators. You need you need yeah, something okay. to put in there. You okay. might as well Otherwise, start making yourself a castle. Yes, I think I'm going to do that. See if my landlord allows. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> see if China has anything to say about this. Oh, lovely. Yes. So, so, China. <laughs> um, China is... laughter here. <laughs> China <laughs> has been planning to make artificial clouds over India. Oh, yeah. I heard about this. And a cur- uh, currently, they are looking at having... One, what's it? Let me just triple check my numbers. 2.1 million square miles of artificial clouds over over India with by 2025. Can I just go on record as saying there will be absolutely nothing wrong with this plan. It will go super well. There won't be any issues. Um, and it's all going to be great. So there we go. That's my piece. And then after that, <laughs> they're, they're hoping and planning on being able to have 5.5 million square uh, kilometers, square kilometers <laughs> of being able to clouds so that they can put hail and rain in there. Oh, good grief. Yeah. That Wait, do they specify hail? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Covered by hail. Who wants hail? I don't know. I'm confused. Are they trying to destroy the crops or something? I, I don't know. Makes me wonder. I think maybe there were some like dent repair shops there who needed business, and so they were like, "All right, we got you covered." Well, they're saying it will help with the uh, disaster relief. So apparently, they're looking at our California forest fires. Uh-huh. So they're they're trying to figure out a, a way to help prevent that. Yeah. Which is very interesting, if I, I may say. Yeah. Well, I mean, California and China are just, you know. They're tight They're, they're basically the same. So, you know, one's hurting, the other one's hurting. So, <laughs> so yeah. They're, they're trying to make it where um, they're able to control the weather. And they'll be able to kick the weatherman off the floor. And they'll be able to be like, now we're able to tell the truth and not lies. Like huh. everybody claims the weatherman giving lies. <laughs> wow. They'll be forever. They'll not right. forever. They'll the be able the to... market on uh, weather predictions by making the weather themselves. <laughs> they will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, yeah. That, that is so China. We're, <laughs> we're going to have a hurricane today because we wanted to have a hurricane. <laughs> we're have a today. hurricane. We decided, yeah, this is what's happening today. <laughs> or we're going to have a drought. <laughs> hurricane Central. All right, that that's my piece of the week, and Ugh. thank you for joining in to the Weather sh- Channel. Yeah, Weatherman <laughs> Joe. All right. Thank you, Joe. Very informative and frightening. Very frightening. Of course, you mentioned China, and i am already got chills up my back, so. Ugh. All it's right. a little chilly. Yeah, a little <laughs> chilly. I was... I was kind of wondering, why are they doing that? Why are they putting clouds yeah. over India? But then Joe explained that... Uh, it was for uh, relief. Mm, My, uh, I think that, that is that is literally yeah. how every single piece of government control starts. Hey, yep. this is really well intentioned, and I'm actually about to get into that myself. This will help in 
This way, this way, this way. Oh, a bullet list of awesome ways our government control will help you. Sign up today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I feel like yeah. they'll be able to hide drones in there very easily. <laughs> wow. Imagine. That is one option. Imagine if they can control the sky in Don't India. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Joe, Joe, stop. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're going to hire okay. you. <laughs> but yeah. then... They'll be able to say right, Can we copyright okay. that idea right now so that when China does that, we can say, ah, <laughs> copyright infringement. Joe Lasseter said this a um, couple months ago. So sorry, China. Can't do it. Unfortunately, do it, only no. our copyright works in our oh, country. Shoot. It doesn't well, work cross country. All right. We'll what? figure something out. We'll do the paperwork on this. We'll get it sorted by next week, guys. Don't worry. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Joe. Okay, um, last week I had a, a large, large topic, taxation, that uh, we discussed, broke down, and I had some bullet points that I wanted to discuss and opened up the floor at each point, and we discussed those as a group, and I'd like to do the same, same thing today with a different topic, um, probably equally as controversial, and, um, but a, a, a headline prompted this discussion and I wanted to, you know, read the headline first. Let's start with that. So um, headline is teacher instructs students to pledge allegiance to gay pride flag after she removed American flag from classroom because it made her feel, ready? Here's the word, uncomfortable. Okay. This was apparently in the Newport Mesa School District in Orange County, California. Um, yeah, this was, <laughs> this was crazy. Part of the article was she apparently took down the flag, um, months ago, I guess. And, um, but prior to that, she or took down the American flag. Prior to that, she had said, Hey, you know, yeah, she had told her students, if you feel like, like the whole school has to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance every day. She said, if you feel like standing, stand, if you don't, don't stand. Um, uh, if you feel like saying the words, the Pledge of Allegiance, Say it. If you don't feel like saying it, you don't have to say it. Um, personally, I'm. I this is this is not even the the primary controversial topic, but I know this topic is controversial too. I'm a fan of that because why pledge allegiance to a country you don't agree with? I don't think pledging allegiance mm -hmm. to a country is a good idea. Pledging allegiance to God is pledging allegiance to a country is not. So I'm with her so far, but obviously it was not that. You know, her intentions were. Right. way off the mark and what she did was um she did you know for gay pride month um let's celebrate sodom and gomorrah everybody woohoo see if we can get burned down too um see if if god will destroy us in his judgment as well um she put up a gay pride flag rainbow flag which man there's so many rabbit holes here i mean i this is another thing i hate is that they've they've corrupted the Noahic Covenant. They've corrupted God's symbol hmm. of, uh, it, it really should bring us comfort, right? I promise to never flood the world again, destroy the whole world by flood. Um, should bring us comfort when we see the rainbow flag, but no, they've they've corrupted it and twisted it for their own disgusting means, but that's a totally other unrelated topic right now. Um, and she had that hanging, and one of her students um, asked, you know, hey, what do, what do I look at when I pledge allegiance? Like, I, I want to pledge allegiance to America, to the flag, but I, I don't know what to pledge allegiance. What do I look at? There's no American flag here. And she's like, well, that's not technically true. You see, there is a flag standing in here. 
I'll look around. If you see it, yeah, maybe you could pledge to that flag. You know, obviously, the gay flag, flag was what she was talking about. So It makes me uh, wonder what their new uh, pledge of allegiance is because obviously if you're going to take down the American flag, you have to rewrite the pledge of allegiance because it's I pledge allegiance right. to the flag yep. of the United States of America. Yeah. One nation under God. Yep. Indivisible. So what <clears throat> is the new words is mm. I really, really wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Part of me is like, well, they don't want really a pledge of allegiance to anything other than just don't pledge allegiance to America because of its foundings, biblical foundings. Don't pledge allegiance to the Bible. Um, pledge allegiance to yourself, I guess, would be their uh, <laughs> would be their slogan. Seems- I pledge allegiance to my own heart, um, incorruptible as it may be. I will trust it forever and believe it to be the ultimate source of truth so long as I live. Whatever I do as long as it's good in my own eyes, is fine with me. The end. <laughs> That's their plan, basically. Who knows? We'll um, all right. So here's my topic. Government schools. Oh, no. All right. Government schools and the huge topic that it is. I have several bullet points. The first is nothing is neutral, including the government schools. This is really important to understand. Nothing is neutral. We've discussed Didn't the myth. Did we say that in our introductory? We did. I was just about um, to say that. We've episode? discussed the myth of neutrality in, in previous episodes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Matthew 6, 24 says this clearly when it states, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot be neutral. <clears throat> We can't pretend to be neutral, especially when it comes to children. These are eternal souls, eternal hearts and minds. Um, government schools, at the very least, this is the very least, okay? This is, this is the best thing you could say about them. Teach that you can separate God from the rest of life. Like, that, 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 that's, that's the best thing you could say about government schools. Like, it just gets worse from there. Um, but the best thing that can be said is that they separate God from the rest of life. They teach that science, literature, and history are one thing, and theology and faith are another. This is a false dichotomy um, that Ralph Matson lays out in chapter one of his book when he talks about the incorrect separation between sacred and secular um, in our everyday lives. On pages 18 or, or 17 and 18, he says, when facing doubts about whether God's will could ever relate to daily life, you begin to see or question seriously whether your vocation or your family role was or ever would be an expression of God's will for your life. More than one husband and father or wife and mother new to the faith has expressed a longing for the day when he or she would be, and here it is, here's the phrase, free from work and domestic chores to really follow the Lord. As if the things that God has gifted them and created them to do in their everyday life couldn't um, be used to really follow the Lord and, and glorify him. Right. It's a false dichotomy. Um, Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the, uh, the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Everything we do and think about in life should be done for the Lord. When we try to separate him from the academic world, we are practicing idolatry. 
We're leaning back on our own understanding rather than seeing the world through the lens of the Bible. There is no separation of God from anything. God should be involved in everything we do, think about, say. There, you can't separate, ah, that's history, that's literature, that's science, nah, that has nothing to do with God. We'll separate, we'll leave him out of that. That's idolatry. That's worshiping a pagan idol. Um, what do you guys want to, you have anything to say about that? Add to that bullet point. It's still hard to imagine all the atoms that is in a human, all the gases that we need to breathe in, breathe mm -hmm. out, the stars, down to the littlest atom in the earth. It's put together so perfect. Yeah. But yet people just don't can't see that mm. some of them don't even see that think that there's a creator it was just the big yeah. bang yeah right and yep. i'm trying to i'm still I'm about to talk about that actually in the next segment too <laughs> I, i'm getting you yeah. hurried along yeah you're good um it, it's segue uh maker <laughs> i it's hard for me to the grasp how can you not have a creator who loves this earth who mm. loves this universe and thinks that, oh, somebody came here, built it, and left away, or there was a big bang, or anything. Right. Yeah. It's, at least to me, it's incomprehensible. Yeah. The more we learn about science, the world around us, the human body, the human brain, the less excuses we have to believe in evolution. Because we see how intricate, delicate, beautiful, and complicated our world actually is. And no learned man can deny the fact that we were created by an intelligent being and God who we couldn't even hope to comprehend at that level of intelligence that he possesses. Yeah, it, it would make no sense that we were all created just by a randomness. Everything yeah. is just random. I mean, maybe <clears throat> back in Charles Darwin's day when he knew very little about science, when, right. you know, they didn't know the origins of life. Like, I mean, I think one thing they said was uh, you put a piece of rotting meat in a jar, you close it off. They thought that life would just originate somehow, and it didn't. That was proven wrong. You know, like, life didn't yeah. come from non-life. We don't see that now. We haven't seen that before. We never will unless God creates life. Um, but there's just so much that they didn't know. So much we still don't know. We don't know a quarter of what there is to know about this universe, about ourselves, about the human brain even. And we've had centuries to study it. Yep. All right. And Next that, bullet point. <clears throat> oh, go ahead, Jake. That that just shows you how, how crazy people will be to prove that God Jeez. isn't yep. a person or yep. that God isn't real. It's a deeper like, motivation. In, in order... In order for them to not have to obey God's law, they will go through. They 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 will try to explain the craziest of things yeah. and give yeah. the craziest we came of answers. From monkeys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah. used to be monkeys, everybody. Yeah, or and that that we can we can kill babies, mm. and that's fine. Yeah, yep. Well, if we really are all just animals, killing, yeah. stealing. What the heck? I mean, we don't throw the lion in jail when he kills and eats prey, right? We don't kill or or, or, or uh, discipline or punish animals in the wild when they, you know, kill other animals. That's just what animals do. And if we're just animals, 
what moral uh, 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 values could we hope to possess? And why should I believe in your moral values? I'm just a different animal than you are. I just look at the world differently than you do. There is no absolute truth. I still right. can't wait for some of these animals to start be able to create <laughs> technology. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Since we are from apes. Right. So yeah. I, and, are, and if we're not the most advanced species on the planet, I'd like to see some uh, some animals build a computer. Can we get um an uh, can, let's put the rabbit at Apple ooh. and have them uh, build a smartphone for us? Can we do that tomorrow? Let's sign them up. And, see and what let, happens. let's see the elephant and the mouse become two great friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my next bullet point. I have a lot of bullet points, so I'll try and get through these quickly. How many more you got? <laughs> Several. Okay. Um, the government schools are pushing a religion contrary to the word of God. Not only is the Bible not taught in government schools, but the curriculum that is taught goes directly against um, almost everything God has declared as truth. The notion of a creator is labeled as folly, which we were just discussing. Against all scientific evidence and biblical truth, teachers indoctrinate children to believe in faith that our beautiful and wonderfully created world is the result of an explosion and random chance and faith because they have yet to prove it. They can't prove it. They can't replicate the big bang. And scientifically, if you can't replicate that, you can't prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. You have to believe it in faith. And they're basing an entire worldview on that level of faith. It is a religion. It's no better than a religion. It's still a religion that's taught in the government schools. Um, the Bible is taught as an outdated piece of history and no, that no longer applies to us today. The uh, children are taught that morals are dictated by laws of the state and not by the word of God. They are taught that people with mental illnesses like transgendered people are to be praised and encouraged in their insanity instead of helped and brought back to reason. Um, sins that God calls an abomination. Some of the strongest language God uses in his word. Sins that he calls an abomination, such as gays and lesbians, are highly encouraged and taught to be accepted. Um, These are just a few of the tenets of the progressive postmodern religion. Children are indoctrinated to believe in the government school system. This is why I usually refer to this horrible institution as the government indoctrination camps. Parents who send their children to government schools today are condoning idolatry. They are offering their children up to false gods and false teachings. It's no better than in the Old Testament when unborn, well, when born children, just newborn children, were offered up to the pagan gods. It's the same thing. Anything you guys want to add to that before I move on to the next bullet point? Nope. Okay. Next bullet point is the origins of government schools. Oh, go, uh, oh sorry. Okay. thought Joe had something to say. He's telling me how much time we have left because <laughs> I can get, I can get rambly. So thanks Joe. All right. During the 1830s at the height of the industrial revolution, Horace Mann, a government inf- official in Massachusetts pushed for a government run education system in America. He claimed to have the best of intentions for this government system. And even said the Bible should be taught to the children within the system. But one of the primary motivations for this new system of government-funded education was to meet the rising need for, ready for this, factory workers within the Industrial Revolution. They needed people 
who could work within manufacturing lines, obediently do as they were told, and have basic comprehension of academics. That's why the government schools were created. Yep. Um, so the government school... Yep, go ahead. So to brain brainwash people? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that didn't really come till later. They saw it as a tool for that <laughs> a little bit later. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was originally developed to meet the rising need of factory workers. They didn't have enough people who were just doing what they were told um, and just wanted to work on a factory line. People around that time were too ambitious for their tastes. They needed people who could just stand in one spot, do the same thing day in and day out and over and over again. They didn't want people who were creating their own businesses. They didn't want entrepreneurs. They didn't want free thinkers. Um, and it's, that's, that's funny because I've, I've seen that a lot of homeschoolers want to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Everything yeah, that they're... The correlation is crazy. Yep. It's, yeah. What they, what they choose to do and what they want to do is, is to somehow change uh yes. something into a business of them of yes. their own yes it's kind of funny you bring this topic up because in my sociology class we kind of had i had seen that as a prime example so our sociology teacher asked us us the students to give her one or a couple of our prized possessions or things that we hear uh hold to us dearly that we have on ourselves more than half the class actually did that. And the only reason why she did that was to see or she explained to us that because those who had grown up in the schools, they don't double think. They, they, the teacher tells them what to do and they mm. automatically fall and do yep. it. Yep. It, it, it's like it was an eye opening thing for me. Yeah. I'm like, interesting yeah. I, I, there's this person that nobody knows right but because she's the teacher mm -hmm. they they automatically have so much trust in them it's yeah. kind of like the government they, in a way well they replace the mother and the father they have yeah. to and when the bible says honor your father and your mother now it's honor your parent honor your teacher and the person the stranger who's now in charge of you as your mother and father so the teacher and the principal <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's really sad. Um, the government school system met this need perfectly, the need of factory workers, by creating an environment where students were treated as products on a factory, uh, in a factory that produced factory workers in large batches. If one or two... Oh, Joe's book fell. All right. <laughs> if one or two kids fell through the cracks, that wasn't an issue. They just needed to make sure that large quantities of people who did what they were told were injected into society. Even today, this is the vision of schools in America. They don't want free thinkers. They want people who do what they're told. That's what they want. Anything to add before I move on to the next point? <laughs> I've got two more points and that's it. But my next point is kind of shorter. It almost sounds like slavery. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It Industrial really does. Industrial workers yep. and trying to make them. Yep. Yep. yep, this is what you get when you um, when you move away from God's word, when you lean on your own understanding, when you declare yourself as the undecided rule or, or, or the, the ultimate person of authority. When you get to decide what the government does and doesn't do yourself and with your own human knowledge rather than relying on the Bible, you get these things. You get slavery. 
You get theft. You get horrible things like this. Um, my next point, the government should not be involved at all in education. Biblically speaking, the civil government is quite limited in what it is allowed to do. A large portion of the responsibilities given to the magistrate are summarized in Romans 13.4. Um, and it says, if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So what we see there is someone, is a, a civil magistrate, civil government that carries out justice on the evildoer. Very limited. Okay. Gary DeMar states this well in chapter four of his book, God and Government, which I have right here. Um when he says, it should be evident that the creature has no authority or power to dictate or to establish the requirements of civil government. This responsibility belongs to the one who established the realm of civil government, the one who established that realm. Therefore, its authority should not extend beyond the requirements set by God. This means that the state is not to operate in the areas of the family, school, or church if the Bible makes no provision for the civil government's power and authority in these areas. There's a lot more I could say about that, but I, I really want to get on to my next topic, and this is the one I want to talk about with you guys. Um, and, you know, if the government's not meant to do this, who are? What fills the void? If the government doesn't, you know... Uh, uh, educate and train children in a society who's supposed to fill that void where what does biblical education look like in a, in a biblical society isn't there a role isn't there a role in the bible that certain people are supposed yep. to play in that yeah right exactly yeah biblically and this is my point it is the parents responsibility to train their children Deuteronomy 5, verses 6 and 7 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And here it is, key verse. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 23, 13, and 14 says, Do not hesitate to discipline a child. If you spank him, he will not die. Spank him yourself. Again, yourself. This isn't something, this is not a responsibility you just, you know, give off to someone else. This is the responsibility of the parents. Spank him yourself, and you will save his soul from hell. Proverbs 6, 20 says, My son... Observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Does it say, do not forsake the teaching of the civil government? Do not forsake the teaching of the civil magistrate education system? No, I think it says, um, do not forsake the teaching of your mother and the commandment of your father. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see civil government in that. Weird. <laughs> um, Proverbs 29.15. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. There are so many other verses. These are just a few verses that relate to parents raising children, not the state or some school system raising children. God created a mother and a father, each with distinct tasks and responsibilities. He didn't give children to parents so that they could just be sent off at the earliest possible second to a system that could not possibly love and care for them the same way that parents love and care for their children. No system can ever or should ever replace the role of a mother and father in a child's life. And I think that's very, very important. And that 
I believe, is one of the biggest reasons our society in America is crumbling today. Parents have given their role, their responsibility to the state. They've said, nah, making money is more important to me than raising eternal souls, than taking care of eternal souls and, and, and molding them at their most fragile and impressionable time in their life. It's vitally important that parents understand the importance of um, raising children themselves. God gave them to you. God did not give them to the state or to any other institution. Anything you want to add to that before we go on to the literature of the week? I got the well the when you were listing off Bible verses, I'm like, <laughs> I gotta I gotta pull up my favorite Bible verse, and it, and it and it says from Ephesians six one and two, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with uh, promise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say honor your schools, right. honor your teachers, yep. honor your principals. Yep. And and a large part of this, you know, I've heard a lot of times, well, yeah, you know, I'll send them to the state and they'll teach them math. They'll teach them science, history, all that stuff, academics. And then when they get home then somehow I'm going to shovel out all the other garbage they put in their head and put in the gospel of Christ, the truth. I'm like, really? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you assume that there is a difference, that there is there are two separate worlds, that, that you can mm. have the academic world over here and the sacred biblical world over here? Secular, sacred, not something we see in scripture. God does not say all right, I'm not involved in history. I'm not involved in literature. I'm not involved in science, math, any of that stuff. Okay, so don't don't ever teach your children that I'm involved in that, okay? Just make sure that you tell them about some of the things I talk about in my word, and that'll be enough. That's good enough. Um, no. <laughs> That's not something that we should have in our minds, that there's that, that separation. All right. That was a long segment. Yes, it was a very long segment. <laughs> so I got a little rambly. I'm sorry. Um, this is we a topic I to feel cut. very strongly about. So, <laughs> okay. 54 minutes. All right. We, yeah, we are. We Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's all right. This is going to be a longer episode. But, I, you know, I've been getting a lot of emails, a lot of comments on our videos and content saying, you can make it longer. We wouldn't mind. Really? So, yeah. So That's good to are, hear. People are looking wow. for more content. So this is not... A huge issue, which is good. I'm glad <laughs> so, to hear that. Yeah, me. I was I was really glad to hear that too, because I'm like, okay, good, because we're about to get into some topics that I can get really rambly about. So <laughs> now I have permission to ramble. All right, sweet, Jake. That goes for you too. I know you can ramble. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> and then there's me. And then there's Joe. Joe can ramble too. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I like to be short, sweet, and to the point. We're, though. we're the reformed dissenters and the reformed ramblers occasionally. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speaking of rambling, next uh, segment. Here we go. Uh, literature of the week. Um, this week, first time with a new piece of literature, Finding a Job You Can Love by Ralph Matson. Um, and this week, we read chapters one and two. We started at the beginning. How about that? Um, so before I get before we get into this, can I ask? Do you want to say the first question first, or do you want to? Oh, I wanted to throw a random okay, question. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, so does that mean if I want to be a teacher, is it okay if I enjoy teaching? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Of course, of course. Um, I think, yeah, there's a conversation that needs to happen um, because certainly there are 
there are people out there, families, mothers, who can't do all of it. There's, there's a lot in academics, right? So certainly they can't do everything by themselves, but they can band together with other people in the church, other people online. In our modern society, if you're telling me that you don't know trigonometry or algebra and so you can't homeschool your children, you haven't heard of the internet. Um, <laughs> you do. There are so many resources, really good resources online. Um, that's how I learned. That's how I learned math. Now, I was not a math person, so unfortunately, um, you know, I got what I needed to get, which was great. But I, I've gone through so many courses in, in college, and I'm just clearly not a math guy. But I know other people um, who uh, – an engineer friend of mine who actually homeschooled his children and used this same math, and they did, like, super well. They got to trigonometry in high school and all this stuff. You know, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Um, it depends on how hard you want to look. There are um, companies out there who are solely devoted to helping homeschoolers find curriculum. You are not alone as a homeschooler who does not want – who, who wants to take on the responsibility of training their children themselves, they are not alone. Um, and if, if you know someone who is, might want to homeschool, um, but they're not sure that they could do it themselves because they're not a teacher, you know, all this stuff, right? S have them send me an email or give them, you know, my information. Um, trdshow at protonmail.com is the email for the show. Uh, email us there and, and we have lots of resources for you. So thanks for asking that, Joe. That's a really You're good welcome. question. I think a lot of people would have. So that's good to know. Okay. First question about the literature of the month. Um, what did you find most interesting about the chapters? And Jake, you want to kick it off? Alrighty. <laughs> um, so this is what I found most interesting. And again, this is something it kind of ties in to the second question, something that I've already known, but talked about in the different light. But I, I think that's also interesting. But um, here we go. Uh, we know that we want to serve God in all that we do. Uh, well, when brought the prospect of work, we, of course, would say that our work should be done to the glory of God. Um, <clears throat> Ralph Matson states in his book, that many Christians understand that work should be done to the glory of God, but not many Christians understand how far we should go. We should take that. Hmm. Uh, Ralph Madsen says that just doing your work with honesty, humility, or just doing a good job is not enough. Hmm. He says that the work you do or the field that you go into matters. Yeah, we have we have to strive to find God's plan. It for our lives hmm. and that includes our work nice we're all created differently yep. so we each have our own skill sets and we must find a job that fits those skills yes all right thanks jake thank you very much for um for breaking that down okay joe all right well so there's a couple points that i really liked about the chapter uh Mainly chapter two. Chapter one I liked, but it was kind of an overview. I at least I felt like it was an overview. Yes. Um. So I am gonna ma mainly stick in chapter two today. Um. I really liked several. There are several of the points that were brought up, and I'm just gonna read the headlines. And that was 
God's will is joy and God's will is pleasure. Mm. It's really interesting to, to think that we're not in a perfect world. We don't have to act perfect because that's not what God expects from us. He doesn't expect perfect, perfect, um, everything to be perfect. He does it. He does his will for us is to have joy and have pleasure and enjoy um, time on on earth. At least that's what I took away. Mm. I don't know what y'all took away. Yeah. But that's kind of what I I took away. And there was um, this uh, in here that it, it says, apparently we cannot be in God's presence without experiencing experiencing pleasure. If you mm. want to continue reading that, that's on page 29, uh, paragraph 1. So that that one sentence just was like really stood out to me. It's like we can't be in God's pre- with yeah. presence without pleasure right, of being right. in there. We're not, we're not drudging through life just like, oh, yep, I'm obeying God. Yep, I'm doing what he said. Can't wait to get to heaven. This life is horrible. It's, wow, I'm obeying God, and, and he's blessing me through that. Um, and, and as the rest of the book we'll get to, um, he's created us with gifts and abilities. And when we do what he's created us to do, we find pleasure in that. We find joy in that, in doing his will that way, the way that he created us to, to perform his will and carry out his will. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not something that's not like, well, just just get a job and just make money. That's the main point, really. And eh, try to do some evangelism while you're there. It's like, no, actually, God has a little bit more of a plan for us than that. <laughs> I'm really glad that it's not a work-based religion, but it's a relationship with Jesus Christ rather than, oh, you have to, I don't know, build so many houses or, or right. do certain things. It's, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hmm. Cool. That's- Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. All right. Uh, My answer. First question. What did you find most interesting about the chapters? Um, Matson talks throughout the chapters about the false dichotomy between the sacred and the secular. And I've mentioned this a lot throughout the show today. Uh, But he focuses on this um, on pages 18 and 19 when he says, and this is quote, search for the fulfillment promised in conversion and assured throughout scripture. They want their earthly years. Um to overflow with meaning. Are we converted merely to see others converted who in turn, uh, who in turn are to see it that others are converted each in turn embracing evangelism as his sole reason for being surely God wants more from us and for us. He then goes on to say that evangelism, this is another quote evangelism as an end in and of itself is patently absurd. Those who base their lives on such an idea dilute their own effectiveness as soul winner by attracting people susceptible to salesmanship rather than by winning people to a Christ-centered lifestyle, a way of living that radically alters their direction and purpose. Evangelism brings us to the kingdom, but once we have entered, we must seek the purpose of being in the kingdom, still his quote, and that's the end of his quote. <laughs> okay, uh, Matson is again breaking down the notion that we can live both secular or, or sacred and secular lives. He's talking about how every aspect of our lives should reflect Christ. So, um, okay, question two, what did you find most surprising? 
something you hadn't considered that way before. Jake? All right. Uh, my answer to the question two is this can be a – this – what my answer here is is might be a very <clears throat> controversial topic. But Ralph Matson says that among other things, that God's will for our lives is pleasure. He says that we see this, we see this case being said in Christ, in uh, in the uh, catechism, saying that the chief end of man is to obey, obey and enjoy God. Matson is quick to say that people are skeptical about this topic because Satan uses our pleasure against us in a way mm. that God did not intend. But God did intend for us to enjoy all his creation. Madsen shows that God is the author of pleasure. Nice. Thank you very much, Jake. Um, so since we are running a bit short on time, I'm just going to skip down to question three, actually. Oh. Um, unless, Joe, did you have something like you really wanted to add to that? or? Well, I mean, it was just another quote in the bio, or it in the Bible, wow, okay. Um, in this book that it was kind of really going along with what Jake was saying. And, and it was just how in this book what it was saying, and here it is, is hell is clearly not a place of pleasure and sanct uh, satisfaction, but heaven is. And I, I just thought, well, he's talking about how pleasure, um, God created pleasure, and then Satan kind of ruined it in, in, at the the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Thanks. Um, okay. What part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month? And Jake, you want to answer that or do you want me to answer first since I didn't? You go ahead and answer. All right. All right. Yeah, so you can um, these first two chapters are all about Matson setting up the rest of the book. They are describing the importance of God's will and the happiness that following his will brings us. Um, in chapter two, he outlines some of the primary attributes of the will of God. And, and Joe was just talking about this, actually. Uh, Ralph Madsen lists the will of God as being joy, uh, pleasure, and beauty. Those three things specifically. When talking about the joy of God's will, Madsen references Hebrews 12.2. And Hebrews 12.2 is Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And says, and this is Matson's quote, like Jesus, we will discover the reality of bliss that is at the end of any path the Father may send us down, difficult or otherwise. Um, end quote. <laughs> when talking about the pleasure of God's will, Ralph Matson says on page 29, ha, 29, here we go, Joe. We, we saw the same page. Um, that, and then here's his quote, the rules of God, the will of God, are not intended to prevent pleasure, but to protect our capacity for pleasure. To pursue pleasure on our terms instead of his is to court disaster. It will cut us off from the eventual ecstatic realization of God, whom to know will be ultimate pleasure, uh, end quote. <clears throat> he later adds in this uh, another quote that uh, no God, but realize you cannot do so without pleasure. And I think that was what Joe also mentioned up or something, mm -hmm. something uh, like that. Um, something to that effect. Also on page 29, he says the father's will was Jesus's ultimate source of life. It was his sustenance possessing color and texture and taste as of good food. End quote. When talking about the, the beauty of God's will, 
Matson says on page 32 that creation, even in its fallen state, convinces us of the reality of divine beauty and assures us that the result of our willingness to abandon ourselves to his intentions can only be further beauty. As we are individually embraced by his will, we find that our lives are richer, our former emptiness now full of grace. Um, he goes through all of this to demonstrate the desirability of God's will, to show that it, it's something we actually should desire, something we want to achieve and, and strive for. His point is that it's, <laughs> it's something we should be striving to figure out. It's not, God's, uh, it's not only God's fulfillment of our lives, but it will also bring us joy, pleasure, and beauty. As we continue throughout this book, you'll see that God's will is that we discover and use our God-given gifts for his glory and jake did you want to add your answer to that question how uh what part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month sure so the theme is discovering and using our god-given gifts now i want in my answer i want to touch on the very first point in that theme is how do we discover our god-given gifts well I want to refer to the second chapter. This chapter talks all about how to know God's will for our lives. Uh, this ties with our theme very well. In order for us to discover our God-given gifts, we must first understand God's will for us. This will not make us immediately discover our gifts, but it puts us on the right track. We know that the Bible is our foundation, which everything is built on. In order to know or understand anything, we must first go to the Bible. So only, so it is only fitting that we start this theme with going and trying to understand God's will hmm. in order to understand our gifts. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, that was very well put. Joe? Um, my mind went blank. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that happens. <laughs> so... Um. Tying it back to uh, the question again is, is um, what part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month? And again, the, the theme of the month is discovering and using our God-given gifts. I don't know if that sparked anything. Not really. <laughs> okay. But anyway, the one thing that I, I would think is it kind of goes back to knowing, yet it's not in this book, but knowing who you are through Christ for one is yeah knowing who you are for christ and then um knowing that you can have joy through god and pleasure through god and beauty through god that's exactly what this whole book is about <laughs> um, you you have to know who you are in order to know what your mm. what your talents are what what things you really like to yeah. do you have to know, yeah, your gifts, what you were given, what God created you to do, so that you can then pursue that. Yep, absolutely. That's that's what I'll I'll end with. Nice, thank you, Joe. All right, any closing remarks before we go? Most our our longest month? show yet. <laughs> Are we trying to make it longer? And longer? Uh, not on purpose, but it happens sometimes. <laughs> Can't avoid it <laughs> when we've got good topics. That's what happens. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. If you are still listening and you made it all the way through, thank you so much for uh, listening to us thus far. We hope you really enjoyed the show. 
Don't forget, you can um, go to trdshow.net. That's our show's website. And there you can find a list of links to all the platforms that we are on, both audio and video platforms. Please, please, please follow us on gab.com. Again, that's gab.com. And I believe you can do gab.com slash TRD show. Get on Gab. That's uh, that's his sticker, Andrew Torva's sticker. Get on Gab. I should really get a shirt that just says get on Gab, but get on Gab. It's a great platform. Uh, if you want to email the show with questions, suggestions, information, hopes, dreams, aspirations, you can go to trdshow at protonmail.com. Again, that's trdshow at protonmail.com. You can send all your email and information there. Looking forward to hearing you. And until then, we will see you on the next episode. And remember, everybody, in everything you do, do as unto the Lord. <laughs>